This is Rennie Kanoff with ChampionshipBBQ.TV, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Start the game! Let's go! We'll do it live. Okay. Well, do it live! I can, I'll write it, and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure you say whatever? We put the lighter fluid on, strike your match, and... Oh. Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Good evening and welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. A show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. We broadcast live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio each and every week. I'm your program host, Greg Rippey. Happy to have you on your Tuesday. What's up? What's good? If you want to jump in on the show tonight, I am more than happy to have you, whether it be through email or a phone call, if you can bring outstanding content to the world of live fire. This is how you do it. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, at BBQ Central Show. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening, in case you didn't get the newsletter coming up. In about 12 minutes from now, it is the first Tuesday of the month as we begin the second quarter of 2019 from a business and show perspective. That, of course, brings two regular guests, the first of which is the creator of How to Barbecue Right or How to com. He's also the pitmaster of Killer Hogs Competition Barbecue Team, maker of rubs, overall good guy, outdoorsman to the hilt. We will rejoin Malcolm Reed. We have a lot of things to talk about with Malcolm, not the least of which is jerky. And I'm not talking about you're not being nice, so you're being kind of jerky, but actually jerky, deer, jerky, deer meat, a lot of deer stuff. He had went on a deer hunt, I believe. Was it towards the end of last year, actually? Trying to get to deer talk the last couple of segments with him, and it just hasn't gone via the outline so if you are a proponent of the deer meat if you got your hands on some deer meat for the first time over hunting season you're not sure what you want to do with it then you're going to want to stay tuned for the segment i have planned next segment with malcolm reed we'll also talk about a bunch of other stuff maybe we'll hit the new traeger grill that he got his hands on so we'll see what happens malcolm reed coming up shortly then after malcolm reed i will load in What will be a special announcement when he comes on, typically you find him here sporadically two, three times a year, maybe, maybe four, depending on what he's got going on and what his availability is. Something new to announce when he actually shows up in about 32 minutes from now, but he is a friend of mine when it comes to talking culinary. He is a friend of mine when it comes to not talking culinary, just a friend. On the West Coast, huge regional celebrity. 
budding national celebrity, 13 or 14 time Emmy award winning friend of mine, multiple time cookbook author, TV show host, cooking class leader, all that stuff. Sam, the cooking guy, Sam Zion will be joining me. We have no less than five or six subjects to get into. Some recipes that he has been showing on his YouTube page. By the way, and I know many of you are, if you're not following Sam or if you haven't subscribed to Sam's YouTube page, just go to YouTube and search The Cooking Guy or Sam The Cooking Guy, and then his little icon will come up, and then quickly subscribe. You can usually find his stuff if you follow him on other social media channels as well and then get the link to the YouTube stuff. But what he's been, what him and Max have decided to put together here over the last year or so is truly remarkable. The the growth and the continued effort that he is putting in to the cooking. Uh, But more importantly, when I'm watching it, it is always from a way more discerning eye than the general public. How's the editing? How's the lighting? How's the sound sound? Not to be redundant. And they're hitting on all marks, plus the time frame that they're doing it in, it holds all the way through. Certainly, there's a lot of Sam's personality and entertainment and info giving, but it's just such a great experience and you're not in there for 45 minutes or an hour or whatever. Get some good comedy, get a lot of great cooking info, entertainment on top of that. You're in and out in about 17 to 20 minutes. Perfect, right on time. So Sam, the cooking guy, will be joining me to close out the second hour. Then we will move, I'm sorry, to close out the first hour. Then we'll move to the second hour. 14 past the second hour, I will be rejoined by vice president of Head Country Barbecue Sauce. Head Country, of course, known for the sauce, but we will be talking about some of the other products that they should be known for just as well. We'll also be talking about the National Barbecue Association's upcoming event probably starting mid mid to late week, and that'll stretch through the weekend. I was at that event last year, but I won't be going this year. Might be talking about why I'm not going to do that. So plenty of stuff to catch up with Paul Shotty on from Head Country. And then to close it out, she was on uh, just a couple months ago for the first time. Huge Instagram following. Really great cooking website. Does videos. Very interactive. As we had found out last time, a park ranger as well in Nevada. Christy Vanover, founder of girlscangrill.com. She will help me close out the show tonight. Lots of stuff to get to with Christy. What her 2019 competition season looks like, both from a cooking team standpoint. The team name, by the way, Girls Can Grill. Also from a judging perspective, what she has on the docket. She is both sides of the fence there. She is a competition cook, but she is also a certified barbecue judge. We'll also hit on quick dinners. A lot of people love quick dinners. A lot of people complain that, oh, we buy out a lot because I just don't know what to cook. I know Sam's really big on doing that as well when you watch a lot of his videos. It's all stuff that you're going to be able to prepare 30 minutes or less. Christy's got some great ideas for you to implement in your household as well. So there you go. Malcolm Reed, Sam the Cooking Guy, first hour, Paul Shoddy, Christy Vanover, second hour. Is that enough? 216-220-0966. If you want to jump in, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com is your email or address. By the way, we are now 12 days away from the Barbecue Hall of Fame nomination sequence being closed down. As I've mentioned, week after week, 
It is my fervent want to get John Marcus into the Barbecue Hall of Fame this year. So please, as you are watching the show tonight or as you are listening to the show on podcast tomorrow or the next day or the next day or whenever the hell you'll get it, as long as it's before April 14th, head on over to the Barbecue Hall of Fame website, go into the nominations category, and then fill out the due paperwork and questionnaires for one John Marcus. Would love to see if we can't get him in, so please do me that solid. By the way, shoot me an email. Let me know that you did. You don't have to copy me on everything and all that crap. Just let me know that you did it. Would love to verify that he got his name in there or is at least in the talkings. Would also love to get any back channel on who's getting in or where that final nine is going to be before it's pared down to three so we can talk about that on the show. No Names Please got me that last time, so we'll see how that works out. So do that for me again. All nominations must be submitted by February 14th, the day before tax day. That is exactly 12 days from now. Do not wait. As I said, if you are watching tonight and you have nothing better to do or you don't want to watch me, I certainly get that. Go to the Barbecue Hall of Fame website and fill out that paperwork for John Marcus. I was trying to figure out where I wanted to go to end the segment, and it's got to be here. While I want to recap a little bit of the show last week, Yesterday can't go unnoticed, and I can't not put my two cents into it. Yesterday's April 1st. To me, that's all it is, April 1st. Another day on the calendar, hit the workplace, try and sell some trucks, try and book some guests, doing some show prep, working a lot, making things happen, April 1st, looking forward to April 2nd, and the end of April, and into June, and all that stuff. But for some of you, April Fool's, is I'm sorry, April 1st is April Fool's Day. Like my Oklahoma embedded correspondent. For instance, by the way, uh, I I personally believe that U.S. Americans that celebrate, and by celebrate I mean take part in elaborate pranks to say April Fool's, is a bag move. Few things are more baggy than April Fool's jokes. Dressing up in Halloween, if you're over like 12 or 13 years old, that's pretty baggy. But the April Fool's Day pranks is ultra baggy. To the point where one April Fool's Day, he called all of his co-workers to say, Hey, my car has to go to the shop. Can you please meet me at so-and-so's garage and bring me into work? And he called all of his cohorts. And one by one, they show up at said garage. Well, meanwhile, Mr. Oklahoma's at work yucking it up so he calls the guy at the shop says hey trot out and tell all those guys i'm already at work april fools bag bag move david come on man you did that you tricked your kid into thinking the car got stolen april fools we got to get you out of that there are better things in life than being April Fool's guy. Things that are better than April Fool's, Matt Ede's new book, Grill Seeker, Basic Training for Everyday Grilling. That's right. From the battlefields of Afghanistan, Iraq, Somalia, Bosnia, his state-of-the-art outdoor kitchen, Matt Eads is looking to unite people through grilling. No matter race, religion, gender, sexual orientation, cultural upbringing, socioeconomic standing, political affiliation cooking over fire brings people together that's the bottom line differences get set aside business gets done 
That's why you should order your copy of Grill Seeker Basic Training for Everyday Grilling right now. It actually drops next week. The focus of Grill Seeker to show readers that gourmet grilling doesn't have to be just a weekend activity. With Matt's tips and tricks, you can craft amazing meals and create amazing memories for family and friends every night of the week. The memories and the camaraderie that grilling has created for Matt dating back to his teen years and throughout his time in the Marines fuel the desire to spread his passion for outdoor cooking. They're also the reasons he started the United by Flame movement on social media. You can find that by using hashtag United by Flame. Don't forget, you can hit his website, grillseeker.com up. And at the very top of the website above his logo is that United by Flame link. Check out the page if you are so inspired. Take a picture and send it to Matt in front of your grill or smoker or barbecue pit or all of those things. And then send it over to him. He'll put it up on that page. And now you're hashtag United by Flame. You're part of the movement. Come on, man. This book is going to be great. Again, next week at release, just a week or so out. Again, Grill Seeker Basic Training for Everyday Grilling. If you have any questions on how you can get it, go to my website, thebbqcentralshow.com, and then click on the Grill Seeker logo. Or go to my home page, and then at the Amazon link at the top, click through there, search Grill Seeker. All the great stuff. But click on the logo. It's easy enough. All right, when we come back, Malcolm Reed. We'll be talking deer. We're going to be talking steak competitions. We're going to be talking maybe Traeger grills. Who knows? Ribs? Temping ribs? Stand by. We'll be right back. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Show studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. And this portion of the show being brought to you by Butcher Barbecue, makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rubs, seasonings, grilling oils, just to name a few. All of Butcher Barbecue products tested on the competition circuit as well as backyards worldwide. Be the pitmaster of your neighborhood and visit butcherbbq.com to stock up right now. Always trust your butcher. All right. First Tuesday of the new month brings a visit from the guy who has created How to BBQ Right. Also, the pitmaster of Killer Hogs competition barbecue team. We race to the hotline and welcome back Malcolm Reed to the show. Malcolm, how are you, buddy? Hey, I'm good, Greg. Man, it's hard to believe we're quarter one is over. That's right. Done with quarter one. So let's look back on a quick three-month span. Where does Malcolm Reed and How to Barbecue Ride and Killer Hogs all sit after Q1 of 2019? Man, <laughs> it has been so busy. We haven't had time to come up for air. I've done a lot of traveling and, and trying to make some good videos, and we're starting to get into our competition season, so... Um, hey, man, we're hitting the ground running. All right, so before we talk about all the barbecue and grilling and deer stuff that we have on the agenda this evening, obviously NCAAs is pretty big right now. Uh, Final Four has been seated. Who do you have going to the finals, Malcolm? Let's get on record and uh, make our picks. Here we go. My my bracket is wrecked, man. Oh, <laughs> I don't have a no. team left in it. Really? But, you know, Michigan State, maybe, because they're, they're coming on. And I tell you what, Auburn's playing good ball, man, coming out of the SEC like they have. It was 
Nobody saw that coming. No, so. I mean, I think Texas Tech, certainly if you follow NCAA basketball, you've seen what they've done the last couple seasons. Probably not a surprise to the real fans of Texas Tech, but from a national stage, I don't know how many people know about Texas Tech or know what the program they've been putting together over the last couple of years, and to see them play on this kind of a stage is truly remarkable. They look very formidable at this moment. I, you know, I was kind of shocked that the, the number one seed performed the way they did. That ACC was so strong this year. And I'm not a big college basketball guy until you get to tournament time. And then we've we've seen some crazy games, and it's been like edge-of-the-seat stuff. I've really enjoyed it. No doubt. Uh, this past weekend was certainly edge-of-the-seat stuff, as you were just mentioning. So uh, I think I'm going Michigan State. And, man, for some reason, and I have no professional experience to make this pick other than I, I think I just feel good. I think Auburn's going to beat Texas Tech, to be honest. I think it's going to be a good game. I mean, you know, if Auburn keeps playing up and down the way they have been, it's it's going to be exciting. Can't wait to see what happens this coming weekend. And we're talking with Malcolm Reed. How to BBQRight.com, uh, one of the websites. Also, you have Killer Hogs BBQ as well. So I just saw in a recent video, Malcolm, you were doing some ribs and taking us through a process. And as you were, by the way, I saw something very unique as you were taking ribs like out of the foil that I never thought about doing, we'll get into the minutia there here in a second. Why I thought that was a really great idea. Are you really temping your ribs? Is that a thing? You, you know, I always said I never temp ribs. I always go by <laughs> feel and kind of look at them. And then Heath Riles came on and did a video with me. Um, I guess that was towards the end of last year. His comp ribs. I remember that. Killing it. He'd been killing it, and and he said he always tempts them. He's always looking for 204. Hmm. So I said, you know what? I'm going to start tipping ribs. And sure, I mean, you know, I, I can check them and feel. And it's like, yeah, this slab's done. And it's always right around that range. And they might be 202, but they're going to be somewhere like 202, 206, 207. And I think that's just the nature of it. Um, I don't get caught up in checking them like that, but I just, you know, it, it's just a, a little – Another safety valve, I guess, to see where they're at. You're really going by feel. When you stick that probe in and it just slides in, that's what you're looking for. It's not so much what the temps read. It's how it feels, the resistance. Are you injecting ribs at all? No, um, but I've heard some guys are, so it might be something I start playing with. <laughs> hmm. I, I mean, uh, maybe that's why a lot of a lot of guys like those Smithfield extra tender ribs. I mean, those are technically enhanced ribs, so in, in sure. every respect they've already been injected. And you know most of the and most of the ribs you get out there are they've got they're pre brined, they add salt to them when they pack them. Uh, one thing it you know makes them sell them for a little more money, but it makes it better for the home cook to where the meat tastes good. That's that's why I've always heard they do it. Uh, it's not natural. They don't you know pork doesn't come <laughs> pre brined like that, but but uh, it does make a difference. I mean you can tell if you have you tried those Smithfield extra tenders. I mean they they. You know, they'll get salty on you quick if you don't watch what you put on them because of what's already in there. No doubt. Uh, Malcolm, one of the other things that I just referenced it is as you are going through the unwrapping of the ribs process, you do something that allows you like easy access. You're not basically taking all of the racks back out of the cooker. Yeah. I always like to, when I do my foil, I think of coming up over the bones and bringing it to where I can get back in it so I can check those ribs, Greg, and see if they're tender. And if they are, I open them up just enough to where they're right there on the grate. I can flip them out real easy, put them right back down, kind of dry them out a little bit because, you know, you've nuked the crap out of them in that foil. 
you got, but and you don't want to handle them too much. So you know, going over to the table, taking them inside, it creates a mess. I found it easy if you take the time, double wrap them with foil, get them out right there on the grill. It makes it so much easier. And you're going uh, still bone side down when you go into the wrap, correct? Uh, bone side up in the wrap. I like meat yeah. down. Because, I, meant, I meant meat down. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yep. If you go if you go meat up in the wrap, the, the, it gets so hot in there that the meat wants to separate and fall off the bone, and that's where it falls apart on you. Mm. So you just have it closed uh, up around the bone side so you can just open it up as you open that cooker, take a quick peek if you like it, you just pull it out, and boom, away you go. That's it. And nice. I will always try to orient the long end of the bone where it's going to have drawback as the end I wrap to. So it actually gets quadruple wrapped because I take the end over, tuck it in, bring the opposite end over. So I've got four layers of foil. That way, if there's going to be a puncture, it's not going to happen there. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lose all that juice that I put in there. All right. One of the other things that I've been wanting to get to the last couple segments is deer. Now, I told uh, Jess Pryles was on last week. We actually talked uh, cursorily about deer, uh, more on like knives and stripping and, and field dressing stuff in, in the actual woods themselves. A little bit about deer meat, but not too much. So you do this every year, right? You go on a big deer hunt? That's my off-season, man. I think I hunted more <laughs> this year than I, than, I, than I ever have. But um, from November 15th, which is like when our rifle season, I'm not a big bow hunter. I'm still hunting with a rifle, and uh, so about November fifteenth, all the way to the end of January, it's open for us in Mississippi. So I try to go as many days as I can. But yeah, I was fortunate this year. I killed a uh, two doe and, and a nice buck. So I've got three deer in the freezer, and plus my son took his first one. So we've got plenty of deer meat here at our house. All right. So I mean, when you take a gross of four deer, what does that net out as far as gross weight of or, or net weight of usable meat? Um, you know, our deer are a little smaller here in Mississippi. We don't have those, those big Ohio, big winter deer like you guys have. Yeah. You know why they're and, so big here in Ohio is because they walk the streets like a gang and people <laughs> just throw regular food out. They're totally on they have no fear of human beings whatsoever. And they're big and fat and nasty. Well, it gets colder up there. So they got to put on more weight to make it through the season. You right. know, we don't get that cold. So, right. but you know, I, I would say we, you know, I probably get out of the average deer dressed out. I'm getting 50 pounds of meat. You know, that's a, that's a pretty good bit of meat. So, um, and we try to use all of it. Uh, I'm, you know, of course I love cooking it and we grind it. We, we turn it into sausage. We make ground deer. We make bacon burger. I cut up the primals and make steaks, you know, the back straps, the inner loins, all that is good eating. And a lot of people, you know, they get turned off on deer, but it's usually because they've had some bad experiences with the processor that where, you know, you don't know what deer you're getting back when you take it to one of these places, unless you've got somebody that you know is doing it right. And so it can get gamey and you, you know, you might not get your deer. You don't know, you know, you know what's going on with it. So I'm really big about breaking it down and kind of doing it myself. So what you're saying is you could take a deer to a processor and then I'm bringing Greg's deer in, but I'm get I'm getting Malcolm's read or I'm getting Malcolm's deer back. Well, potentially, you don't, you you don't know, know. they never tell you that, but right. it, I guarantee you it happens. Wow. man. When they're doing, a lot of these guys are, you know, they're processing hundreds, some of them thousands of deer, and it's just hard for them to take it through the whole process to guarantee you you're getting, you know, what you brought in. And you don't know the next guy hadn't drove around with that deer two or three days in the back of his truck, showing everybody in town, you know, how how was it taken care of before before it got there? So you never know. So that's kind of what I'm leading to here is the one thing you hear about deer 
inevitably it's gamey flavor. You hear that about some other wild animal as well, but definitely you hear it with deer. So is there a way to avoid that? Is that what you're talking about? Like as soon as you take it, the sooner you can get it to the processor, you kind of weed out some of the gamey flavor or does something happen during processing that could add a gamey flavor or when you get it and you're cooking it, does something that you do in the process either keep it away or add to it? Well, all of it, you really do want to, you know, get it cleaned, get, you know, remove it and get it, remove all the innards that you're not going to use and and get, get the meat, um, you know, chilled down as much as possible, as fast as possible. That's going to take some of the, you know, some of the bad flavor away. But most of it I've found is, is how it's cut up. If you take off the fat that's there, you take off the sinew, all that silver skin, the tendons, anything that you really don't want to eat, that's where people are getting the bad wild taste from ground from deer. Hmm. And that's what turns people off. Another one is, you know, they overcooking it because it's really it, it's such a lean, uh, lean meat, lean protein that you can't really go very much past medium or it kind of gets um, a livery type flavor and texture. So it's, you know, it's not really good to overcook deer. Um, the sausages, stuff like that, that's different because people are adding beef fat to it or they're adding pork fat to it. So, you know, you got to cook that stuff well done. But, you know, the way we eat at steaks, it shouldn't be gamey or wild tasting at all. So are you looking at a 135 kind of an internal temperature or 130 and hope it, it carries into the mid-130s? Usually I'm looking like around 125 to 128, something like that. That's the way we like to eat it. Okay. Now, you know, 132 to 135 would be fine, you know, if, but I wouldn't go, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it on the grill much past 135 because it's going to cook over. Then you're going to be medium well to well. And it's going to be, you know, flavorless at that point. You might as well be eating ground beef or something. You've cooked all the, the good stuff out of it. Question from the instant chat here, Malcolm, is what caliber do you prefer when hunting? Man, <laughs> I'm kind of a gun guy. I got several. I mean, I, I, I carry a 308 with me, uh, but, I, you know, it depends on where I'm shooting. I have a 300 wind mag, and then I just put a scope on a 3030 for my son, so... Uh, you know, I've got I've got several in the gun cabinet. Are you a uh, make your own load kind of guy? No, I haven't. Ne- I've never got into that. You know, they might, there's there's a ton of good manufacturers out there that make some good cartridges. Uh, maybe one day when I get some extra time, like that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, right. Especially on the pace that you're going, you're going to be lucky to get out for deer season there uh, next November if things uh, keep trending the way they do. Uh, we're talking oh. with. Malcolm I'll, be, I'll be back for that, Greg. All right. <laughs> that, that's a non-negotiable. He'll be out in the field ready to take some deer. That's guaranteed. That's right. How to Barbecue Right and the pitmaster of Killer Hogs Barbecue Team. HowToBBQRight.com is the website. Uh, all right. Any other uh, tips or tricks as far as deer is concerned or, or favorite recipes or uh, perhaps cuts that you don't normally think or that you don't usually hear about that are worthwhile? Well, you know, of course, everybody knows the backstrap. That's like the fillet on the, you know, the inner loins are something that, that we always get and we fry up. You know, you can think of uh, like cutting them and kind of chicken fried deer. That's the way we always eat those. Oh. And that's the best eating there is. Yeah. And the backstraps, that's the loin that goes down the back. But a lot of people overlook the shoulders. You know, you hear a lot of guys, they shoot the shoulders or they give the shoulders away. Those things make some outstanding barbecue, braising them, cooking them low and slow like we do pork butts, like we do brisket. And it's really fantastic. Actually, that's a recipe that I'm going to put up. I don't have one of those on How to Barbecue Right. So it's on my to-do list. Hopefully, I'll get to it here pretty soon. One of the other things that I saw not 
deer, but uh, veal cheeks. I had I've never I've never cooked them. I had them for the first time the other day at a restaurant All in right. Oxford, Mississippi. What do we know and about veal cheeks? I'm telling you what, they're fantastic. <laughs> I mean, I've heard of <laughs> beef cheeks. I think somebody. Uh, oh, uh, Martha Stewart was on. Stephen Colbert the other night promoting her. I don't know if you knew she's coming out with a grilling cookbook this uh, this spring. So, of course, you know, I have my finger firmly on the pulse of everybody putting books out. So uh, she will be putting out a grilling cookbook, which I find a little bit humorous. But, of course, I'm trying to get her on the show to talk about it because I think Martha Stewart on the show would be tremendous. But she was talking about some grilled fish, and she was talking about the rub and how to get it all ready and prepped. And she's pointed to the fish's face she's like oh and then you know there of course there's meat in the cheeks there so you know it's 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 been beef cheeks of course uh, then i heard fish cheeks now we're talking about veal cheeks is cheeks something that's always been around and been popular or is it starting to come a little bit more in vogue at this point oh if you've ever had whole hog and you haven't ate the jowl the cheeks from a hog you've never had you've never had barbecue at its finest mm-hmm. the belly and the jowl meat is the best and you know of course, I'm, I'm not real familiar with beef cheeks. I've had snapper throat, which is, you know, like red snapper, like you're talking about. Same thing. It's it's awesome. Hmm. So it, there's just a lot of good meat there in animals. Uh, I had never tried it in, in uh, deer. But <laughs> there's not much to a, a deer's jowl. But, yeah. but uh, I've, you know, if you think about it, Greg, real traditional barbacoa, they would take the heads and they would wrap them up and they'd put them in the ground, cook them for a long time. And that's what they made. You know, that's what they ate. And so it's all that meat. I mean, there's, you know, there's a lot of good meat. The temple, they call it temple meat. It's kind of like right up behind the eye socket. Um, and pork, it's awesome. I'm sure it is in beef too. But um, there's a lot of good meat up there that, that, that most people don't think about eating. Are you an eyeball eater? I've tried it one time and it's, you know, it's not for me, man. I did it kind of on a dare, and, you know, <laughs> after a few beers, uh-huh. but it's not for me. Is it because it's just kind of weird and it's an eyeball and you can't yeah. get over the mental there hurdle? There wasn't anything to it, really. I mean, other yeah. than it was just an eye. I didn't, I mean, I didn't think it was delicious or anything. And I'm, you know, I'll try anything, but it didn't, you know, some of that stuff, that, that's not for me. I'll leave that up to Andrew Zimmerman. He can, he can eat all that stuff. Yeah, I remember having Ted Reader on last year, or maybe it was the uh, year before, and we were talking specifically about a, a little project he did on lamb testicles. Are you uh, are you an oyster guy in that regard? Um, yes. Now we always get the uh, Rocky Mountain oysters when we go to Fort Worth. There's you know calf fries. Yeah. And I you know I didn't know what to expect going in, and I look for them every time I go. Now they're so good, and it's 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 like eating a it's like eating a fry a really good fried oyster. Hmm. Texture's the same. There's no you know there's no strong taste or anything like that. It just tastes like you're eating a really good fried oyster. Now they always serve them with like um. Uh, if you know, like a white buttermilk gravy, like you think you'd eat with breakfast, or that like you would get on chicken fried steak, mm-hmm. and they're and they're fantastic. If you've never had them, that's something you should try. All right, uh, that'll be on the two try menu, I think. Uh, it last, sounds weird, I know. <laughs> well, I mean, look, I mean, Ted Reader did quite an in depth whole thing from pretty much getting them right out of the sack, if you will, and then doing a whole prep and the peel back and the brining and and how to. I mean, and he did it. He smoked them, he grilled them, he fried them, he uh, did them over a skillet, every way uh, that he could possibly do it, and kind of rated them, you know, this is what tasted best, this is what I would never do again. But he was quite a fan of the overall experience. So, I mean, I've heard more positive things than negative things when it comes to mountain oysters or things of that nature. 
I don't know if I'd want to prep them and cook them, but but I can handle trying them. <laughs> yeah, I get you, no doubt. Uh, last question before I let you go tonight, Malcolm. If uh, we have the uh, Barbecue Hall of Fame nominations closing here in 12 days, so mm-hmm. if you could usurp the process for somebody that isn't already in right now, is there uh, one or two people that you would put in for the class of 2019? Man, I, I don't really know who all is in there, but I can think of a bunch of guys that should be. Um, you know, um, I heard you talking uh, about John Marcus earlier. That was who you're going for. Yes, that guy has done more for, for you know where I'm at right now as far as putting barbecue back on the map and making it cool with the TV shows and all the production that he's worked on. Um, I've never met him, but I know I know very well who he is. And to, for him not to really be a barbecue guy, just to to, to be interested in it and do that. I think that's really cool. Um, you know, from the barbecue standpoint, uh, I don't know if Mike Mills is in there, but he's, yes, he's in there. He's, he's in there, in there, there, there sure. already. Yeah. yeah. There's, um, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of guys out there that are, that are deserving of it. Uh, Malcolm Reed joining me here on the show. Uh, what's on tap for videos coming up here over the next two, three weeks. Oh, I did a little hot wing experiment that we're going to release hopefully Thursday. We're were trying you, to do, you were using the vortex thing, right? Yes. How do you like that? How do you like it? Man, it makes unbelievable chicken. I've never used it for anything but chicken, mm. and it took my chicken wing game to a whole nother level. That's what I cook them on now. Wow. Um, it get like you can just put seasoning on it and run them, and they get crispy. But I was experimenting with cornstarch and seeing if I could kind of get that grill fried chicken, mm-hmm. and it really worked, and it was amazing. I, you know, I was it, looking at it as I cooked it. I was like, man, the starch. You're going to taste starch. It's going to be, you know. It's going to be a weird texture because it, it, so much of it clung to the skin. But it turned out really good. It was really crispy. And after I tossed it in a wing sauce, it was really, really good. Hmm. I, have, I still have some work to do on it, but I think there's something there. So that's going to be a, a YouTube video to come before you like, you got to get it nailed down before you take it to video? Oh, no. I'm releasing the experiment as is. Okay. So uh, Rochelle's editing it today. And we're going to try to get it uploaded hopefully tomorrow night. You know, if she gets it all to work, and then we'll hopefully Thursday morning, it'll be live. So, all right. Cool. Um, also, I did some stuff with the Beefer guys, and maybe we can talk next month and tell you about that experience. If you hadn't seen that thing, it's pretty cool. It's not a grill. I mean, it's kind of more like a salamander you would see in a restaurant. But uh, you think of high heat broiling, it's it's man, it's up. It's awesome. All right. So we're going to talk about the Beefer next time on because there is like a, a competing product to a certain degree called the Out of Wild Grill, which is a similar idea. So would love to get your beef or take and uh, how it cooks and all that uh, because typically those things are also associated with a little bit of cash especially when the germans are involved so uh, we'll uh, we'll talk about that Uh, in the meantime you can check malcolm reed out how to bbq right you can find him on youtube uh, facebook twitter instagram all at the same handle how to bbq right and malcolm you can find him on the first tuesday of the month right here on the barbecue central show malcolm always appreciate the time man thanks for coming on Hey, it's always a pleasure, Greg. Looking forward to next month. Have a good one. All right, man. There he is, Malcolm Reed from How to BBQ. I mean, can we? Uh, all right. Now, can you wait a minute? You give these people times, and they got to be right on time. 50 times. I'll call. I'll call. Better timing for me. Does it work? Never works. In the meantime, while I yell and yell, I want to talk to you about Southside Market. 
Established in 1882, Southside, the oldest barbecue joint in Texas. They've been owned and operated by the same family for three generations. Famous for the original beef sausage, coarse ground, and a natural pork casing. They also have authentic Central Texas barbecue. All meats, including the prime briskets, are smoked low and slow for many hours over real Texas post oak wood. They ship nationwide via the online store, southsidemarket.com. They also ship fresh and smoked sausages nationwide. Shipping customers can choose to order now, ship later, include a custom gift note, mail to multiple addresses without additional charges. All shipped items vacuum sealed to ensure freshness and ease of preparation for the customer. Shipped with dry ice to ensure complete freshness upon arrival. All meats processed in that on-site USDA-inspected facility. The meats are smoked fresh. Custom orders are welcome to restaurants if you want to try them out. Elgin, Texas, since 1882. That's 1882. Bastrop since 2014. Grocery distribution through Texas and many surrounding states. If you shop online at southsidemarket.com, use promo code BBQCENTRAL for 10% off your entire online order. Southsidemarket.com and then code BBQCENTRAL. So get the sausage slammers, get the beef, or the hot guts, as they call it. Jalapeno cheddar sauce and great stuff. Come on. Save 10%. Easy enough. All right, we are back with Sam the Cooking Guy right after this. Stick around. Be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. And this portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. You visit CookinPellets.com for more information to peruse their flavor offerings or to purchase. You can also buy on Amazon.com. Don't forget to download their free app. That will alert you to special shipping deals. Efforting Mr. Chris Baker to come on. He's probably getting ready for the National Barbecue and Grilling Council's yearly event coming up later this weekend, stretching into the weekend. In the meantime, we race to the hotline and welcome back friend of the show, Sam the Cooking Guy. Hey, Sam. What's up, my friend? How are you, Greg? Well, we are here to make a grand announcement, Sam. Do you mind if I lead in? Dude, bring it on. Here we I'm, go. I'm happy. Here we go. Much like Malcolm Reed, who preceded you, is the Marshall. first Tuesday guest of the month recurring. Go ahead. Sam, the cooking guy, has graciously agreed to follow Malcolm up and be the second first Tuesday of the month recurring guest right there. Look at this guy. A man he with Emmys and books and talent and good looks. Oh God! All this stuff, making time for the show, not once a quarter, not once every six months, once a month. Come on now. Wait, wait, once a month? Yes. Uh That's what you meant when you said recurring? Yeah, did did I not say that right? I've got (laughs) you now, and the paperwork has been signed. I'm happy to be here. I like you. I like you. You know that. Yes. Whether your audience knows this or not, we have never met. Never once. Uh, And maybe we should keep it like that. Maybe we'd hate each other. Hold on one sec. See you guys. Love you, bye. We're we just th- finished. Shoot. We just finished. So the plan was, uh, wait, let me finish this. So we've never met. Right. I hope to one day. One day we will. And I look forward to it. 
But uh, I like you, obviously, a lot. I dig your audience. I like the barbecue world. And I think what I bring is a decidedly non-barbecue view. Right. I think we all benefit from what the other side does. And I do some barbecue stuff. I don't do yes. not nearly as much as, you know, uh, maybe your people do. But, but much like when I do a, a cooking class or something, I do a, I do, I like to every so often to do a, a grilling class for women. And um, a lot of women go, ah, you know what? I don't like to grill. And I go, but you should. There's nothing that says men belong outside and women belong inside. You need to be well-rounded. I say to couples, switch places every, every week, every couple of weeks. The guy does only inside food for a couple of nights. The woman, outside food. It's the only way that she's going to learn. And look. In California, the divorce rate is like 51 or 52%. Hmm. People here last about seven years and then they bust apart. So there's a very likely chance that a woman is going to find herself in seven years <laughs> without somebody to grill for her. She needs to know that shit. Am I right? <laughs> I mean, I don't know what the divorce rate here is in Cleveland, but it's got to be 87%. I mean, look where we live for crying out loud. It's miserable all the time. I mean, uh, well, perhaps. Yes. Look, in Cleveland, you just like kidnap people, throw them in the basement, and chain them up. Yes, so that's right. Maybe that's maybe Thanks for that coming. Where do you think we teach everybody how to grill? Get in that basement. We're going to teach you how to grill against your will, no doubt about it. I mean, yeah. uh, the other point that you're not so making, but... More and more, like if you look, I'll use the show as a microcosm uh, to make my point. I would say over the last 12 months, you have never seen more of a female representation of the live fire industry than you have seen over that time frame. Oh, hey, look. Uh, How fantastic is that? Christy Vanover is going to be on the show from uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. She's closing the show tonight at uh, 1035 Eastern. She's already been on the show twice. I had Jess Pryles on last week. We have Diva Q. We have Melissa Riome, who's Grill Mama on Instagram. I mean, the list goes on. It's been well represented because they are coming to the forefront. They're not afraid. And, oh, by the way, they can cook just as good as the guys. Thanks. I mean, there's no, there's nothing that says a man's domain is exclusively indoors and a woman's is, sorry, the other way around. Right. A man's domain is outdoor. Most, uh, most, and, and I don't know what the percentage is, but really most chefs are men. That's changing a lot. Mm-hmm. Many female chefs yep. are coming to, uh, uh, to the forefront, but. Up to now, I think for a while, it's been mostly men, even though at home, it was mostly women that cooked. Sure. There's nothing that says a woman can't go outside or a man can't go inside. There are no hard lines. You're, there's nothing effeminate about you if you're a guy and you choose to go inside and cook. There's nothing, uh, what's the word, uh, masculine about a woman who chooses to go outside and grill. Right. You should. We should be ambi-kitchenal. Right. I mean, is there not anything more hot than no. watching a gal sling some steaks over live fire and then come back uh, kind of perfumed in some beef fat? 
I don't want to see her eat like a caveman. I mean, grab a giant. I'm just talking about just, the cooking part, man. I don't, I don't want that. No, but, but no, I don't need dainty eating. But, but you know, let us play our roles the right way. Right. Of course, we're so talking good. with so uh, Sam, the cooking guy here. Uh, Sam, quick question, and it's just mm. yes or no. April Fool's Day gal or guy who likes to play pranks, bag or no bag? Um, I don't know what that means, but bag, douchebag. Yeah, yeah. I don't like it. It's the stupidest. It's the stupidest. You know, a, a, a guy that I really like, <laughs> an anchor on uh, a TV here in San Diego, did this thing. He went on his Instagram and he wrapped his head like in bandages, like um, what's his name in um, in in uh, a Christmas story? Not a Christmas story. Um, the Scrooge movie. Remember, Morley. Uh, Albert uh, Bob Finney. Bob Marley. Bob Marley. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's that's not it, but I know what you're saying. I don't know whoever the hell the guy was, and he was like, "Oh, this happened and this happened." And it was everybody knew that it was BS. I mean, come on, it was stupid. So, look, my restaurant, not not tacos. We're decidedly not Mexican tacos. We decided to do a Mexican taco yesterday just because it was April Fools. But we said, "Look, yes, it's April Fools, but instead of making some dumb joke." We decided to do something that we normally don't do. So here's our Mexican taco. And it was a big hit, but we it was not preceded by a bunch of, oh, we're gonna changing we're changing the menu to all Mexican and I mean it's just nobody buys that sh- stupid stuff. Yeah, my embedded correspondent from Oklahoma once called all of his coworkers and said individually. So he calls Sam, he's like, hey, Sam. Is Dave, I'm running into a little bit of auto trouble. My car is at uh, so-and-so's shop. Can you pick me up there? Systematically yeah. calls all of his co- co-workers with the same spiel. Yeah. Meanwhile, he's really at work. And then at 8 o'clock, all those guys start showing up at that garage to pick up embedded Oklahoma correspondent. And then he phones into the garage and says, go tell all those schmucks, April Fools, I'm at work. Can you that's believe that? H- that's an HFB. Oh. Huge effing bag. Yes. Of course. Huge. That's all, That's just stupid. What are we talking about? It's We're talking about, like, hello, fifth grade. Right. Dress up right. for Halloween guy at 45. <laughs> My goodness. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Man. Now, let me uh, quickly take you to task just for a second because you had mentioned oh, uh, a few times uh, Mexican taco. Is that redundant? Mexican. Yes. It's redundant. In my world, it's redundant. Okay. Like you could have said well, just because, normal tacos instead of Mexican tacos? Look, um, what makes a sandwich, M- Mr. Rempe? I'm just asking. I'm not, I'm not looking I'm to get into a pissing too, match. What makes a sandwich? Bread. Thank you. Okay. What makes, what makes a taco? Ground beef. No. And, what, and what, a taco. Bread a, makes... A, a soft shell tortilla or a, I'm about a to not. I'm about to not be a recurring once a month guest if you don't answer this properly. Not not. If bread makes a sandwich, yes. what makes a taco? A tortilla. Yes, tortilla. Does it matter what goes in between the slices of bread? No. Nope. Halibut? Nope. Is, right? is, is halibut Fish sandwich. In, in two pieces of bread a sandwich? Right. Fish sandwich. Right. Is octopus? Yes. Inside? Is uh, is uh, ground turtle a sandwich? Yes. Between two. Thank you. Right. Okay. That's all. So a taco is merely something inside of a tortilla. In my restaurant's case, 
it's pastrami, it's Korean short rib, right? Salmon, it's lamb, it, it's it's anything. It's mashed potato. There's nothing that says Mexican to me about a taco. And I've said this before, but San Diego, 20 minutes from downtown to the Mexican border, mm-hmm. we did not need more Mexican tacos. We've got amazing <laughs> ones. Of course. And this Jewish kid from Canada did not need to bring more Mexican tacos. He needed to bring something different and original, and that's what I brought. They're not, not tacos right. because they're still tacos. All right, so quickly, because we've evaporated most of the segment, we wanted to talk about walks. I wanted to talk about walks. I said, Sam, I, I think we've actually might have talked about this seven or eight years ago, so definitely time for a refresher. But I've had, uh, believe it or not, a number of people get at me about getting into walk cooking. So first and foremost, are there certain kinds of walks you want to buy yes, and or yes, stay away yes, from? Yes, 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 yes. What are look. those, and then how do we uh, season those properly? Look, okay. So this this one is made by a company called uh, Infuse. Can you see that? Pull it back a little bit. Now over to your right. More, 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 more. No, no, oh, no. Oh, oh you're looking for the hand. Yeah, I see it. Yeah, Infuse. Okay, Infuse. Yeah. This is, is a $19 oh. carbon steel flat bottom wok from Bed Bath & Beyond. I don't care where you buy it, but a carbon steel flat bottom wok is what you want. Don't let some salesperson in a store convince you that you must have a round bottom walk. You ever had anybody tell you about those? Nope. Well, they're a pain in the ass. I've never had one. Well, do you have a walk? No. It's because you're in Cleveland. <laughs> you're too white. Uh-oh. You, need, you need to get out a bit, my too friend. Too white. Too white. Look, a walk is all about concentrating huge amounts of heat at the bottom and yes the the walk purists that are you know bags will say you have to have that round bottom one but what the round bottom one requires is either a a, like a walk burner or a special ring that sits on top Uh and that's a pain in the ass and who wants extra shit if you don't have to have it right the most important part is that it's carbon steel so this came to life and it was silver inside, you know, like oh. aluminum looking. Right. I seasoned it and I've used this particular one over the past like three or four years. And I say it all the time. If my house caught on fire, I would take the people and pets first, uh, my computer second, and then maybe my grandmother's cast iron pans next along with this walk hmm. because I, I've got time in this walk. See the color, see the shine. Yeah. The color is because I've used it a long time. The shine is because I take good care of it. So you buy this wok. I'm telling you, it's one of the cheapest cooking vessels you will get. You can't buy a decent pan for 19 bucks. They're all pieces of shit. Right. Carbon steel flat bottom wok like that is not. You bring it home. It's silver inside. Now you're going to take, you're going to put it on the heat. Gas or electric, doesn't matter. And you're going to put the heat here and the wok will sit on top and you'll slowly turn like this with the heat. You'll concentrate the heat on the bottom and all the way on the sides, and it will start to turn. It will go like a weird blue color and then start to get darker. Then you'll let it cool. Then you'll repeat that again. You'll do that three or four times. And it's just heat, it, no uh, no oil or anything? Nothing at that point, okay. right? 
And you can go to the website, cookingguide.com, type in walk, and somewhere in there will be walk uh, seasoning directions, right? Mm-hmm. Now, once it's cooled like the third or fourth time, you put a thin layer of oil in it, and I would suggest a neutral oil. No olive oil, no sesame oil. You could use vegetable or canola, but I would go with avocado or peanut because they smoke at a higher temperature, and yeah. that's what you want. Right. So a thin layer of oil wiped in with a paper towel. Then do the same thing a couple of times. Now you're starting to really make a difference in this. When you've done that a couple of times, then you're going to put some oil in the wok, blast it on the heat, and then I put in some garlic, green onion, ginger, whatever, you know, that kind of stuff. And I cook it, and I start to mush it around, and I, I let the wok start to accept the ingredients that it will be getting used to. It's kind of baby steps with a wok. The more you use a wok, the better it gets. The darker the color gets. And this is essentially nonstick now after all this time. Right. And you can see, I take care of it so there's nothing in here. It's smooth and it's shiny. So you cook in the wok. And I use my wok 95% of the time for non-Asian stuff. I make tacos in it. I make uh, rice in it. I make all kinds of things in it. Eggs for a whole lot of people. It doesn't make any difference. Shrimp tacos go in that thing. doesn't have to be Mexican-inspired. It can be anything. It's just a big-ass deep vessel. So once you cook in it, and now you want to clean it, uh, I'm a little anal. I use a bamboo brush. The key is, is that you don't use like a SOS pad. And try to minimize the soap. A little soap is fine. But if I've cooked in this thing and I've got something really stuck in the bottom, I'll put it on the heat, I'll let it get hot, and then I'll put, you know, a half an inch of water in it. And that water will boil and steam and lift anything really that's on the bottom. Mm -hmm. And then you can use a wooden spoon if you don't have like a wok brush or something. It all lifts up, rinse it out. Dry it really well. And drying it really well is important because water is a wok's enemy. It's cast iron's enemy. It's carbon steel's enemy. Mm -hmm. One drop of water left in the middle or on the bottom will turn to rust. And that's a drag. And you have to deal with that. So you dry it really well. And then I take a, a teaspoon of oil, put it inside, wipe it all the way around. And that will ensure that rust will not happen. And then you're fine. And then just use it. The more you use it, the better it gets. Do you, it's, like a, it's like a smoker. Do you think that walk cooking outdoors is popular? Or is that a segment that, because, that could become way more popular? And if it could become more popular, how do we get it to the forefront? We have like a couple minutes. Well, here's, here's the thing. Uh, you know, a walk requires lots of heat. And so what are you going to use it on outside? Mm. You would need to put it on your your grill and let it sit there for a while. You could absolutely do it, and I've done it. But it does take a little bit of time to get it where you want it, unlike a tiny bit of time inside, you know, on a on a good burner. But we at, at the restaurant, I have three walks. Most of what we do is on a big flat top. Mm-hmm. But there's three things that we do uh, in walks and I have, we've bought these exact walks from bed bath to use it. Not, not tacos. We do our tofu and our veggie taco in it. We do our, 
our shrimp taco and we do our um, uh, Chinese cashew chicken taco in it. Because of how it cooks, it's fantastic. It gets super hot and the cooks all know the rule. The when somebody orders a Chinese cashew chicken taco, the wok is on the heat, you turn the heat on, you leave it for about 30 seconds. Then you put a little avocado oil in and 30 seconds later, the chicken that has onions mixed into it and all the seasonings and stuff, yeah. then that goes in. And when it hits, it goes, and now it's searing and cooking right away and doing all the right things. Yeah. I will jump all over someone. If I see them put a wok on the heat, with I mean, turn the heat on and right away put the, the chicken in. Right. But that's, that's, that's like steaming, and that's not what this is all about. I don't need a good walk and a lot of heat to steam some shit. Just nothing. In the meantime, you can check Sam out, thecookingguy.com. You can subscribe to his YouTube channel, as hundreds of thousands of people are doing it. As I had said in the open, uh, you guys are really hitting the stride between time and entertainment and content. Yeah, it's, it's all you know just what? right it's, there. So good. A, a year ago, less than a year ago, yep. we had 30,000 subscribers. We're now, I, I don't know, today, like... 600, 625,000. Yeah. And we've added 600,000 in less than a year, which yeah. is insane. Insane. Well, it's a testament to It's content. a testament that, you know what I think? I think people have started to say those videos, those food cooking videos that were just from the top and you only saw like a pan and yeah. hands coming in and out. I think people want a, a, a little personality, but be a little education and yeah. some conversation. Right. And I don't think I'm wasting conversation. I think there's a lot of, you know, ours are fun, but I think there's a lot of teaching involved. Why I like the pan, like this, why I like that walk, why I want to cook something this way, why I want to, you know, do whatever I do. People like that. We are about teaching people. We want them to have fun and enjoy the, the content, of course, but we want people to go away and go, holy crap, I like that. I think I can make it. I like the way it was explained. I'm going to try it. Oh, that's our goal. Eat better at home, less fast food, less microwave, less frozen. It's that simple. And on the first Tuesday of the month in the second segment, you will see this guy right here on the Barbecue Central yeah, Show. It is Sam, the cooking guy. Sam, thanks so much for the walk talk, and we will see you again next month. See you, man. I love what you do. Thank you, sir. There he is. Sam, the cooking guy. A.K.A. Sam Zion. And he is a new recurring guest following Malcolm Reed the first Tuesday of the month. So very exciting. Uh, we are a little late here, so I'm trying to figure out exactly how this is going to work. I'll just stop it and we'll go late into the second hour. I'll talk to you quickly about the barbecue guru, makers of the world's best automatic pit temperature control devices, believing that outdoor cooking should be easy and fun. Because it can be, especially with the Monolith Barbecue Guru Edition Grill. The Monolith is a ceramic cooker. It has a built-in power draft fan. It's the world's first power draft fan built-in. Smarter control, greater freedom with automatic temperature controllers. Easily choose the cooking time, the temperature, and let the Monolith do the work of a sous chef or a barbecue pit master. With minimal effort, you now have oven-like precision at the grill. You can serve the tastiest, juiciest meals each and every time. Visit the website, bbqguru.com, or 
You can call them and ask any questions that you might have, 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. Continuing to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology, it's the good folks over at the Barbecue Guru. All right, I can actually make this on time. Uh, We are heading... uh, You know what? I'm not going to be able to do that. All right, so uh, we will wrap up the first hour. Stick around. Be right back. Hello, everybody. This is Gary Bay Nerd Chuck, host of Wine Library TV, a.k.a. WLTV, and this is BBQ Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, thanks again to Sam the Cooking Guy for joining me last segment. We are pointing to the second hour where we'll be joined by a special guest, so stick around for that. Don't usually have guests at the top of the second hour, but we will do it. You are listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Stick around. Be right back.